Hey, welcome to the Kate All Show. This is season one, episode eight. An agency owner needs to like people. I am Kate All. I run a seven-figure digital marketing agency, and this podcast is all about me sharing my tips, my tricks, my wisdom of growing and scaling an agency over the last eight years. And one of the things that I want to dive into today is this concept of you actually need to like people, which sounds a little funny, but it's true. I've had a lot of conversations about this particular topic. But before we dive in, this is the final season in episode one. Thank you so much to those of you who have listened to all eight episodes. We'll be back in just a few weeks on March 27th. But until then, here's a few things I want to pass on to you. Number one, if you are interested in joining my 12-week coaching program, Pinterest Agency Pro, the next round of coaching will open in April. You want to get on the wait list by going to kateall.com and clicking on programs. You'll see all the details about the pro group listed there. This is for service providers with at least two to 20 clients who are looking to scale either to a boutique higher paying agency or someone who wants more clients and a bigger team. I teach all the foundational elements in Pinterest Agency Pro that I've used to scale my own agency, Simple Pin Media, to seven figures with over 35 employees. Number two, If you want to make sure that you are up to date on all the things I'm talking about, I send out a weekly email every Sunday with quick tips, tricks, stories, and wisdom for service providers and agency owners. Go to kateall.com slash subscribe. Alrighty, so the title of this podcast again is An Agency Owner Needs to Like People, which seems kind of obvious, but you would be surprised at how many people I talk with that have a hard time with customer service. Either they've never worked in a retail environment or it's just not their favorite. Working with people for me is all I have ever known. My parents had a home-based business where they taught me how to answer the phone properly. It was a a very, very big discussion in our house when I was in junior high. I worked as a lifeguard and a private swim instructor in high school. And then in college, I started working retail at Victoria's Secret, which I always get a lot of laughs when I say that. But I will tell you, working at Victoria's Secret really taught me how to handle super weird situations with a lot of grace because let me tell you, there were some weird ones. So after college, I worked in a college ministry again with people. This is actually the first place I had to stand up in front of a group of people. The first time I had to give announcements in front of 500 people, I had to walk around the block three times just to calm myself down and practice a paragraph announcement. I was a complete mess. And yes, I've come a long way from that paragraph announcement. The final time I was in retail before I got married, I worked at J. Crew for a few months, and I actually quickly scaled up through the ranks to assistant store manager because I really like people, and I was good with the people that were also my fellow associates, but I was also really good with the people that I was serving. So a lot of these jobs came really naturally to me. I also want to say that this informed <clears throat> how I think of the culture at my agency, Simple Pin Media. So there's a great book called The Nordstrom Way. And Nordstrom is a clothing company, clothing retail company. I grew up in the Northwest. So Nordstrom is actually a natural part of where we would shop as I grew up. 
And I will remember their customer service was always amazing. And their book, The Nordstrom Way, talks about their philosophy behind customer service. And that is actually something I've integrated into Simple Pin Media, that we are the Nordstrom of Pinterest marketing. We will serve our clients in a way that makes them feel special, makes them feel heard, makes them feel honored and respected, even if things are not going the way that they planned or even the way that we planned. And so if our team members bump up against a situation where they don't know what to do, they can go back on this model of what's the Nordstrom way? How do you help them work through it? And how do we free you up to make great decisions in your work with people? And I think this doesn't happen the same way as like the online course education model. So if you started your business uh, as a grassroots bootstrapped effort to make money, that's how I started my business. So I want to know that there's people out there. You may never have asked yourself if you like working one-to-one with people. And sometimes the service-based industry in the online world gets a bad rap because it doesn't appear to make as much money as those in the online course education space. I have heard the don't trade your time for dollars, don't do all of these things. I get it. And I think a lot of it goes back to our personalities and how we're wired. Somebody who's an online educator is going to be like, I do not want to work one-on-one with people. In fact, I've talked with fellow colleagues about this who are like, yeah, um, I don't like working with people. I don't like talking to people. I don't like as much interaction with people. I want to be able to teach from a distance, which is completely acceptable. But I don't like the argument that says, hey, being a service provider, trading time for dollars, you don't make as much money. Being a service provider can provide you with a lot of great income and even this quote unquote elusive idea of passive income As you hire a team, I can tell you, I am working the least amount of hours on my agency side with Simple Pen Media, and I'm spending more hours on the marketing membership side, and it's harder for me. And it's, it's hard to not be so connected with people or not create a system, a systematized, um, model. It's just, it's really difficult. So Another thing to think about with the the people side part. So I was telling my husband the other day, I was like, I, um, people always tell me, I get, I get this a lot from people that they could never do the work that I do for two reasons. They say, I don't like all the one-on-one people work that I was just talking about a second ago, but I also don't like the one-on-one like teamwork. There's just a lot of peopling. And I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm stumped. (laughs) I was having one of my moments where I was like, I just, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around why it wouldn't be a good fit for people. And he gave me that look and it was the one that borders on making you feel like (laughs) you're a combination of dumb and clueless, which I was in the moment. So he tread real lightly after I realized I understood his look. And he really explained that like, as an extrovert, which I am, I love building relationships with people, which I do. This for me uh, comes naturally, but it does also hold my greatest joy and my deepest pain when it doesn't work out right. I have a hard time when 
uh, clients leave dissatisfied. And so it's really difficult for me to navigate when it's tough. But another element of the, even though that's a hard element of the peopling, a good element is I love to make people feel awesome about who they are. I love to watch them succeed because it makes me feel successful too. So thinking about all those conversations I've had with friends who keep saying, yeah, I just don't like working with people. It really, really occurred to me that it's all about wiring. It really is, comes down to, are you the type of person that likes to have calls with people that likes to learn about their business? Or do you like to teach from a distance? I have other friends who on stage are amazing teachers. Like they can just make you feel warm and connected and really just thread it in with what they're talking about. But when they get off the stage, man, they do not want to talk to people. It's very, very difficult for them because they are more introverted. And I'm not saying that if you're an introvert, you can't be in a service-based business, but I think it's really, really important to acknowledge, especially as there's lots of options in the online world, as to what's going to be a better fit for you. And that also helps inform you Who are you going to hire as well? You may be the type of service provider where you love the nitty gritty, like you love the strategy, you love the planning, you love getting into the details. You just really, really like to serve your clients in that way. But a lot of the upfront stuff, maybe going to conferences or doing all the sales calls, even doing discovery calls to see if they're a good fit, it's really, really draining for you. So if you still want to be a service provider, you want to scale your business, consider hiring somebody who is an extrovert, who does have that component of really wanting to get in with the people so that you can have this best of both worlds. And I think that's really what's great about being a service provider too, is that you can hire for your weakness, right? So if you love the one-to-one work, Like you're never going to do a course, you're never going to do anything else in the education realm, which I'm going to talk about that more in a later podcast because a lot of people will ask me how to straddle both and it's very, very difficult. In fact, I think I did it too soon. There's a great podcast I listened to recently by Emily Hirsch where she talked about when you add another offer and for her, she's talking about this idea of adding more to her agency And she said, you shouldn't add anything else until you reach a million in revenue. And I echo that a hundred percent. Now looking back, don't add anything else in, but that's a side conversation. And we're going to talk about that in the future. But until then, if you're new to being a service provider, you do have some deep work to do. You're building a business. And the last thing you want to do is get eight years down the road and realize you hated it all along. So here's a few tips I want to pass on to you for what has worked for me. First, really take a long, hard goal or look at the goals for your business. So do you want a business that owns you or do you want to own a business? Now, this idea comes directly from the book E-Myth. And don't get it confused with something that only has to do with internet marketing. It doesn't. This book has been around for years and it was the very first business book I read and it transformed 
my view of how I run my business. And I will forever be grateful for that realization. So it's the book E-Myth. I did read it in actual book form. I didn't um, do the audio book. And I'm really glad I did because I was able to go back and like read through things and it wasn't a dry read. So definitely, definitely do that. They use the example of a baker and her craft was baking pies. She loved it so much and it held so many memories for her. Yet when she got into business, she lost that amongst the day-to-day grind of business. So when she realized her love, she put that back into focus and began to build a team that could help her remain the baker. I love that. I love it. And then maybe for you, it's the love of serving people and watching their business thrive. Think of all the things that distract you from that and start working towards a company that can help you pop up and out to doing what you love to do all the time. You may not be there right away, or you may not get to that quickly, but if that's the end goal and that's what you have your sights on, that dangling carrot, if you will, that just helps you stay motivated throughout um, just really growing your business. And here's number two. This is a super practical one that I do with my students in Agency Pro is track your time. So this is a trap that service providers can get into. Not only are you charging too little, but you're spending way too much time in client work, which I think is where people who are not service providers get this idea that you're trading time for dollars and you're not really making money, which can be true if you are a people pleaser or you really want to go above and beyond people or with people. And a, a trap that I hear over and over and over again is so many people are worried that if they don't go above and beyond, their client will quit. Or if they don't say yes, their client will quit. So one of the things that's really, really important to remember is that as an expert in your space, people have hired you for that expertise. Now there's a difference between virtual assistants where people hire them and they come into a company to be able to fill a role that could have potentially multiple things. And the owner is telling that virtual assistant, this is what I need you to do to support this company. Now that's not saying they don't come with any skills or they don't come with anything like that. I'm not saying anything like that. But what I'm saying is more comprehensive and it's you're being brought in and the owner is telling you how to do it. When it comes to a very specialized service provider, you are coming with the expertise and then fulfilling that role for that company and they are not telling you how to do your job. So this is where it gets a little bit tricky. Some people, because they are worried about getting fired, spend too much time or do too many things outside the scope of what you were hired to do, or then people start telling you how to do your job. This is where it can creep into your profit and you don't want that. So a great way to gatekeep is to track your time for at least three days, figure out where your time budget is going and think of it just like that, a budget. You only have so much time to spend on a particular client. You don't want to overspend on one and then rush the other. And you don't want to underspend on one and rush the other. You have a cap for each client. 
and you'll say, this is how much time I can devote to this. Sure, there's going to be one-offs that come in every once in a while, but what I really want you to be thinking about is, am I falling prey to the trap of people-pleasing because I don't want somebody to fire me? So those are two tips for you today is go read E-Myth. I think it really talks a lot about people being in the service provider industry and how you can get really knocked off from your craft and what you love and how to reorient back to that. And then number two is to time track. For all of my students who have gone through this, it has been such an aha moment. They've seen they're spending usually most of the time on the clients who are paying the least. I have seen that time and time again in my own agency. There is something about when your prices begin to raise higher and higher and you deliver an even more quality product, you're very confident in what you deliver, you will have less people that micromanage you. Micromanaging from clients is exhausting and that will quickly turn you into an agency owner who does not like people. So those who have service-based businesses, I would love, well, that's all of you, right? Um, I want you to remember that it is that delicate dance of serving, putting up gates around your time. It's, it's a lot sometimes. So just know that it's going to ebb and flow as you grow. It's going to ebb and flow as you get more clients. I also want to make one last note is that you will not always like the clients that you're working with. Or sometimes you might not like the team members that you hire. That is normal. We're different people with different personalities and we have different preferences for how we work. The important part is that you take note of the things that are not just one-offs, but it's something repeated. Like I was just talking about, if a client is being mean, if a client is micromanaging, if a team member is always pushing back at you, it's okay to evaluate and say, you're not a good fit for me, either team member or client. So I would love to hear from you and tell me if you've heard this too, that being a service provider is not for certain people because they don't like people. Uh, Do you agree? Do you think you have to like people to be a good service provider? I would love to hear your thoughts on this and also how you've seen that conversation too of trading time for dollars. So I just want you to be processing that a little bit and processing how you engage with people and then spending your time. Feel free to DM me on Instagram, The Kate All Show. I would love to hear from you. I think that's the biggest thing as I record this podcast and really get my feet wet and kind of passing along these stories and wisdoms that I have to you is I would love to hear if it's the same for you because that helps me get better in my teaching. That helps me get better in my curriculum. And last, if you have not left a review for the Kate All Show, I would be so honored if you could take a minute or two, drop a few words in Apple Podcasts, just so that we can begin to generate some reviews so more people can listen to it as well. That would just be the highlight of my day and week. So I'd love if you could do that. 
And thanks for joining me in season one. We will be back on March 27th with season two, where we're going to dive into agency details as our theme for that season. And as we go along, each season that we record will have a theme. This one was really like foundations, just the beginning thoughts of being an agency owner. So next season will be the details. And again, we would love to hear more from you about what you think of the podcast and how we can continue to serve you. Alrighty, thanks so much for listening to season one of the Kate All Show.